Hi everyone, I'm Juliette and welcome back to Love Stories Radio. This is a podcast where we answer all your wedding questions, those that you sent us and those that you didn't. If you're listening to this podcast, I have a hunch you're here because you're planning your wedding or you're in a wedding and you want to know the answers to the questions that everyone else is thinking or maybe that you haven't even thought of yet. Before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to give a few pointers on other episodes to listen to if you're new here. Episode 9 is our most listened to show, so that's a good place to start. We discuss what to do if you don't love your engagement ring. Yikes. Episode 27 is another popular one where we talk about the best thing to wear under your wedding dress. If you have a question you want answered on an upcoming episode, you can email it to questions at lovestoriestv.com, DM us on Instagram at lovestoriestv, or pose it in our Slack group for brides and wedding pros, which you can join at bit.ly slash lstbslack. But it doesn't stop there. Watching real weddings on lovestoriestv.com is the best and the most fun way to plan your wedding. Search and filter tens of thousands of real wedding videos to find the ideas, products, and pros you need for your wedding. Already know your venue? Watch videos of real weddings that happen there to learn about and research other pros who have worked at that same location. Are you comparing two wedding planners? Watch videos of real weddings they planned to get a sense of their work. Need vow inspiration? We got that too. Watching real wedding videos are literally the best way to get ideas for your own speeches, vows, and toasts. If you can't find what you're looking for on lovestoriestv.com, get in touch with us. Send us an email at questions at lovestoriestv.com with your ask and we'll guide you to the best videographers, florists, cake makers, planners, hashtag creators, you name it, we got it. I am here with Caitlin Amanatula, a Colorado-based wedding planner and the founder of Caitlin Shea Weddings, is here with us today. Thanks so much for being here, Caitlin. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So, Caitlin, you specialize in curating out-of-the-box weddings for creative couples. I've seen at least one Instagram post where there were actual alpacas in a wedding that you did, which is just so cool. So um, we are excited to hear more from you to answer, you know, wedding questions, but also just hear about your background and how you got into your job as a wedding planner. So I'd love if you could give a little context on that, how you got into the wedding industry in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. So I, my story is somewhat similar to a lot of other wedding planners. Um, I was, I've been with my boyfriend since high school. And so in college we got engaged um, and I, my parents were out of state and I was still in school. And so they were like, you need to get a wedding planner first and foremost. And so I hired my own wedding planner Um, I thought she was the coolest person. And (laughs) um, I realized like this is actually a job that people get to have. And so she kind of helped me get started with some educational resources. Um, I ended up working at a bridal salon at first and then just was cold contacting um, different planners in the area and then ended up working for a planner for a couple of years before going off on my own just to make sure it was really something that I loved and something that I wanted to do for the long term. That's so cool. So it definitely comes from that personal story where you actually needed one and then you realized, oh, this is a really cool job that I could do someday. <laughs> yeah, it's actually funny because when I was little, my um, 
my mom told me that I might want to consider event planning and I totally blew her off. <laughs> um, so she's, she's pretty proud of herself now. <laughs> yeah, totally. Cause wedding, pl- I mean, it's the biggest event that you'll probably ever throw for yourself. So yes. yeah. Um, so I know that you specialize in these sort of really unique experiences for weddings and especially couples who are on the more creative side and like to do something a little bit different. Can you tell us about the types of events that you plan and what couples are like coming to you for when they, when they hire you? I do all sorts of events, but primarily weddings. Um, weddings are my absolute favorite. And so when I have couples coming to me, they're typically, Somewhere in the middle of the planning process, I haven't had too many come to me right off the bat yet. Typically, they have at least like a venue or something figured out. And so they're really just looking for that person to kind of help pull details together. Obviously, I love doing anything that's a little bit creative because even if you've been to a couple weddings, you know that there are certain things that you kind of start to expect. And so being able to surprise guests and have something a little bit unusual is is what I love to help um, my couples figure out. And yeah, I love working with all different styles of weddings. Obviously, in Colorado, we have a lot of the the beautiful outdoor spaces, but there are so many spaces in Denver, too, to pick from. And um, regardless if it's up in the mountains or urban, there's some really fun things that we can do. Yeah. You're lucky place. where you're based because I feel like all of Colorado and generally just like the West Coast is just everything is a beautiful wedding backdrop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you're lucky. And the weather is typically great. You don't have to worry about rain. <laughs> yeah, not too As much, much. But yeah, we do get the snow. Like we got snow into June a couple years back. So sometimes. Oh, wow. It looks good in, in wedding photos and videos, though. So that's, that's all that matters. <laughs> uh, so what what have been some of your favorite weddings that you've planned and why? I bet you like ones that are like challenge you a little bit and sort of are more creative and not as traditional, but I'd love to hear some of your favorites. Yeah. It's, one of my favorites is probably one that I did last year at the Denver Museum of Nature and Science, just because that was such an incredible venue. They they really didn't have to do a lot as far as entertainment because you were actually able to keep one of the exhibit spaces open and the venue itself kind of provided a lot of unique aspects. And so that was a really fun one. Um, anytime someone comes to me and wants to include their dog or... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's fairly common in Colorado, but um, people get a little bit freaked out about that still. But um, About including the dog? Yeah, just because um, it just adds another layer of logistics and having to have mm-hmm. someone to, to make sure the dog is okay, which I actually have some, some pet attendant services now because I've seen things go wrong with dogs in weddings. Um, yeah. Which That's stemmed amazing. from a bad experience, unfortunately. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, a dog... Uh, was abs- accidentally let out into the the woods up in Tabernash, and it was found nine days later. But um, yeah, very oh, bad yeah. experience for the couple, and so I I just had the idea like someone really needs to be responsible for yeah pets for the entire day, potentially the entire weekend, and so I I added that in. But yeah, anytime someone comes to me with something like that, I get really excited about it. So. But that yeah. means the wedding was incredible. Okay, so 
all the time we are diving into secret Facebook groups where engaged brides are kind of hanging out and asking each other questions. We also have a Slack channel for Love Stories TV where our community can ask each other and us questions and wedding pros who are in the Slack channel as well. So we're going to dive into a couple of them and get your expert opinion as the mastermind wedding planner. <laughs> because this is, a, I feel like everyone wants to ask wedding planner planners questions because you're sort of like the overlords of all of the wedding, <laughs> wedding events and stuff. So I'm excited to jump into these with you. Okay. First question. Should I hire a wedding planner before or after choosing the venue? That's a tough question. Some people kind of know exactly what they want right off the bat. And mm -hmm. in that case, I would say it would still be helpful to have a wedding planner just because they can come see the space with you, make sure nothing is missed. But if you are considering hiring a planner before, then your planner can kind of help you narrow down your choices so that you're not going to visit 10 venues at once and getting overwhelmed and everything mm -hmm. starts to blur together. So I would say ideally beforehand, but I've, even if you get to your planner um, halfway through the process, we can kind of go back with you and look over some of those details, ask questions that you may not have asked the venue, things like that. So I would say ideally hire your planner first because they can walk you through absolutely every step, um, no matter how simple. But if you mm -hmm. choose a planner after the venue, just make sure that you're you're bringing up any of those questions that may have been mm -hmm. missed. What kind of questions? Um, I, I know it totally depends on the couple and the wedding, but what are some examples of questions that you as a planner would kind of ask the venue if you were coming in after the venue had been chosen? Yeah, some of the, the more obvious ones are like the guest count, um, if they have a maximum capacity. A lot of venues have multiple spaces you can choose from, um, mm -hmm. but people may not know like the capacity for different spaces within the venue. Um, mm -hmm. And that's that varies depending on if you're having a seated uh, reception or if you're doing more of like a cocktail hour. Things like what's the parking like? Are my guests going to be struggling to find um, a way to get to the venue? Um, any partnerships that they may have. A lot of venues are exclusive with different rental companies or caterers. And um, right. at the Denver Museum wedding, actually, the, the, the venue was actually providing the cake. And so that's something that we would have been able to figure out beforehand. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, just some of those questions about like, if they work with certain people exclusively, um, things mm -hmm. that you may not think to ask if you've never been married before. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Does the wedding planner help with every single detail of the wedding or just certain aspects? How much involvement will I have with the vision? Yeah, that's a great question too. Um, it kind of depends. And a lot of planners do it similarly to the way I do, but everyone has a little bit of a different um, pricing structure for their packages. Um, and so Typically, you can get anything from full planning, which means, yes, the planner will be with you every single step of the way, um, all the way down to month of coordination, where we're just kind of pulling together those big pieces, answering last minute questions, and then doing everything for um, the day of and the rehearsal. So it, it really depends on what package you pick. But regardless of the package, I always tell my couples, like, feel free to ask me any questions that come up and I'd be super transparent if something was going to cost extra. But if it's just a simple question, then your planner should be able to, to help you out no matter what package you picked. It's just when you're asking them to do 
some of those more time consuming pieces, like adding on design that it starts to, to change the, the package structure. But typically we're here to answer questions along the entire process. How often do you run into, so like say someone knows they're like, okay, I don't think I need you for full planning and they hire you for month of coordination, but then it comes to it and you sort of realize that, oh, actually they could have, they could have used you way earlier in the process <laughs> because there's a lot of things that still needs to be done beyond that month. How often does that happen and how do you manage that? That's not too terribly often, which is great. That's good. (laughs) I have had, I've run into a couple of people for this year who, like if they bought month of and then maybe they're having some trouble figuring out rehearsal dinner and rather than just wanting some recommendations, they've decided to let me handle the entire rehearsal dinner. Um, Mm -hmm. So I typically see add-ons like that rather than like, oh, this entire event needs to be pulled back together. <laughs> yeah, well, that's good. At, yeah. at least brides are managing expectations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there's usually not, I don't know, like with online resources too, there's a lot of checklists and stuff that have mm-hmm. helped brides get a little bit more organized, but it is always helpful to have that person in your corner that can answer questions that you're not sure about. Okay. Do wedding planners or coordinators need to be licensed? Like, can I hire my very attention to detail oriented sister-in-law <laughs> to be my coordinator? So yes and no. Um, there are courses that you can take to get a certification in planning. There are even like certification programs through major universities here in Colorado. The most important thing I would say is that they've either done a certification or gotten the equivalent in experience because there are there are things that you learn in a textbook that you might not learn right away on the job but there are a lot of things that you learn on the job that are not in the textbook right <laughs> and then the other most important thing is that they have insurance um, because a lot of obviously like your your sister who's very detail oriented may not know how to handle some of the more legal aspects of event planning and things can go wrong. My first wedding um, on my own, actually, someone broke their leg at the wedding. Um, oh, no. Was it the yeah. bride? No, thank goodness. Oh, it was um, it was someone behind the scenes, but mm-hmm. it was very, it was a wake up call. You know, it's like driving without insurance. You can get away with it until you can't. So right. exactly. Yeah. So what type of insurance is that? Is that like wedding insurance? How do you find that and get that? Yeah, so there there are a couple programs that um, cater more towards like event professionals. So I have one that's more for the events industry. And so it covers things that like your typical insurance may not. It has general liability as well as like acts of nature, anything that could happen that could affect the wedding day. Mm-hmm. Okay. And your planner or con- coordinator should have that. You, that's yeah. not something that you have to necessarily care about as or do as a as the couple. Yes. And a lot of venues have actually changed to requiring their vendors to have insurance. Um, okay. That's good. Yes. I'm assuming because of some, some mishaps along the way. Yeah. Yeah. We are moving right. in the right direction. Absolutely. Okay. Next question. What are the most scenic mountain lookout spots in Colorado? This is a question from someone who's planning on eloping in Colorado. (laughs) Oh, perfect. There are some really beautiful spots. Um, Some of the more well-known are probably like Garden of the Gods, 
anything up in like Vail is gorgeous. There's a couple outlooks up there that you can get married on. One of my favorites is actually the paint mines in Calhan, Colorado. It's hard to describe, but it's this small park and it's it's got rock formations like Garden of the Gods, but they're all um, layered with different colors just based on oh, how cool. they formed. Um, so there's like, it looks borderline like purple and pink and gold and it's beautiful. That's not ideal for a bigger wedding, but for an elopement, that would be perfect. Yeah. There's, there's really no end in Colorado to the, the scenic. Yeah. There's so many elopement videos on Love Stories TV that are really <laughs> making it appealing to get eloped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, wouldn't that be amazing to like just be in a on a cliff in Colorado or in a castle in Italy, just you and your fiance? I mean, oh yeah, I'm all for a big wedding, but there's something definitely romantic about that. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes, and the photos are always amazing. Totally. Okay, what does a day of coordinator actually do? Is it worth hiring one? Yeah. So I mentioned earlier, there are a lot of checklists and stuff online now to help people organize as they're planning. But something that you can never replace is having that person there day of. And so a day of coordinator typically, and a lot of people have changed the wording around that to say month of just to reflect what goes into that package. Mm -hmm. um, but typically we start communicating with your vendors about a month or more out, um, fielding some of those questions that you may be unsure about or just don't want to deal with as you're getting closer to your event. And then we do all of the organizing as far as timeline, making sure vendors know where and when to be. And then our hours are typically unlimited day of. So we help set everything up, organize everything, um, answer questions that vendors have day of as well. We can, if something gets off schedule, whether it's ahead by 30 minutes or behind by a little bit, um, we can alter things and communicate with everyone else who is at the event to make sure that nothing is missed. And we help with all of your decor setup and tear down and basically anything that you don't want to have to deal with, especially at the end of the night. I also feel like you guys are unofficially the uh, therapists of the wedding, <laughs> mental health providers to make sure everything and everyone is happy and sane. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's probably one of my favorite parts, actually, is just being being that person that my couples can go to if things get stressful. Yeah, we actually were talking about this to uh, a florist that we know, and she's like trained as a social worker previously and got into weddings because she loves like floral design, but also because of the like human connection and sort of like psychology behind it, which I just thought was so interesting. And yeah. I feel like I've heard that from a couple of um, vendors. They really just love the um, like the managing of all the personalities and the communication and all of that, which I think is so fascinating. Oh, yeah. You have to love that to be in the the wedding industry. I've known a couple of people yeah. who switched to more corporate because they didn't want to deal with as much of the emotion. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. I have a sub question to this. So as a coordinator and a planner, you your attention to detail is like off the chart. So what are some of the systems and processes or even tools that you use to make sure everything goes as planned? Are you like in Excel all the time? Do you have crazy Google Sheets? Do you use like your Google Calendar, what are some like interesting tools or, or systems that you incorporate into your um, planning and coordinating? So I have, it's called Aisle Planner. 
that's a program that just kind of helps organize contracts. Um, you can receive payments through there. It has this whole planning outline that you can use to kind of keep track of your clients. But my my best friend is probably Google. Um, <laughs> the Google Calendar going for sure. Um, and yeah. then we have just folders for each of my clients. And I have um, templates for questionnaires that I pull into either of each of those. And um, so I have all of these questionnaires and sheets that I have accumulated over the years and kind of tweaked as I went and added more questions or got rid of things that are kind of going out of style. And so I have, mm -hmm. I've pulled together a couple different sheets that really help organize, especially the month of details. And then I do have, I just take notes every time I'm talking to one of my couples so that I can use, if they're loving something design wise, I can use that when I'm talking to their florist later. And mm -hmm. so Google is absolutely my best friend. <laughs> yeah, I know. Seriously, us too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, next question. Do you tip the day of coordinator that was included in the venue? Yes and no. Um, some One of the things that I do is, and your venue coordinator would probably do, is check over some of your contracts. And sometimes a tip is included when it's a venue, and it's put in there as, sometimes it says like a certain type of fee or something like that, but a lot of the times it says gratuity. And it happens with catering too, where sometimes they're, they've already included a tip into the cost. So I would say just read your contracts carefully to make sure you're not double tipping someone. But then, yeah, a tip is entirely up to the couple. The, the more like service-based vendors like hair and makeup, um, they typically expect a tip. Catering as well. But some of the others, it's it's pretty hit or miss as to whether they expect a tip or not. And I'd say a venue coordinator is one of those. And what about a planner? A planner is similar where um, it's it's kind of up to the couple and it depends on if they felt that their planner or vendor went above and beyond for them. I have a tipping guide that I send to my couples, but I always say like it's it's up to you. And if you felt that someone didn't perform up to par, then maybe skip a tip. But it really depends on the couple and how happy they were with their service. And is there um, sort of general guidelines for how much you tip vendors? We see this question a lot, and I feel like there's a lot of confusion about it. If you Google kind of like the the tipping standards for the events industry, you'll find some decent information. Um, but I've just kind of learned as I went, like what different categories typically expect. Um, mm -hmm. And so I've kind of altered my guide from there. But yeah, if you have a friend who's a photographer or something, feel free to ask them too what what they typically expect as far as tip and what they've seen other vendors in the industry expect. Okay, next question. We're planning my bachelorette weekend in Colorado and I need adventurous ideas. Where should we go and what should we do? Oh, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> there are so many unique and like hole in the wall places in Denver in particular. Um, I feel like Denver is an up-and-coming bachelorette destination. I've had oh, a couple yeah. of friends who've had bachelorette parties there. It's There's definitely no shortage of what you can do. I'd say Boulder is beautiful if you want to do some more like outdoorsy stuff. But Denver mm -hmm. has, um, like there's an ice cream shop that has a little speakeasy that's hidden in there. Um, cool. Yeah, there's a lot of really 
cool semi-themed restaurants downtown um, that make it a little bit more exciting. There are plenty of restaurants that do like custom menus for you and have little event spaces. There's also some really cool like boutique hotels that have gone in recently. The art hotel is incredible. There's a couple others that have like a similar theme behind them, but yeah, there's there's no end to the the beautiful things that you can find in Denver and Boulder. Can you hire a wedding planner to help you with your rehearsals and your ceremony? Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. Rehearsal, especially. And then plenty of planners have learned along the way um, the pieces that go into structuring a ceremony. Obviously, if it's like a full Catholic ceremony, then your church is probably going to help you more than your planner is because they each have their own like set of requirements and kind of they have their ways that they like to stick with, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. so your planner will probably be helping you along the way, but depending on where you're getting married, someone else may be more in charge of your ceremony structure, but I've seen more and more people do non-traditional ceremonies where they're doing some sort of fun unity. Um, and that's something that I can absolutely help with as well as a lot of other planners. Um, Mm -hmm. I've actually, I'm ordained just as a a backup to the backup. Um, (laughs) just in case. And I've done a couple elopements now as the officiant. And so that has helped with some of that ceremony structuring as well. And just getting familiar with the, the ceremony from a different perspective. Okay. What should I bring with me to my first meeting with my wedding planner? What questions should I ask and anything I should be aware of? Yeah, I would say to bring with you to your first meeting, if you have already hired a planner, I would bring with you any contracts or information that you have so far. That'll make it easier for them to make sure you're on the right track without you having to kind of piecemeal information for them. Any questions you should ask? I would say make sure, ask if your wedding planner does more than one event in a weekend, because that can make a difference on scheduling your rehearsal and some of those other pieces. Ask if they have, especially in Colorado, everything is very spread out. And so I would ask if they have a travel fee. There's really no no wrong questions because people who have never been married before, they're starting from scratch. And so they, if you ask a million tiny questions, your planner is not going to care. They're going to give you everything that they have. And so any Mm -hmm. questions you have, I'd say bring them. But those are some of the big ones that I've seen. Um, Last question. Should I get a corsage for my day of (laughs) coordinator? Not sure what the protocol is here. (laughs) I have never seen that. (laughs) I would love it, but I probably wouldn't wear it until... um, like reception because it would get destroyed during setup. And yeah. <laughs> so not a necessity. No, that is adorable though. <laughs> okay. Those are all of our questions. So that's it for this week's episode. I feel like I learned so much about wedding planning. Um, you are such a wealth of information. And if you're listening, you can follow Caitlin Shea Weddings on Instagram at Caitlin Shea Weddings. That's K-A-I- T-L-I-N-S-H-E-A Weddings. And you can search Caitlin Shea Weddings on lovestoriestv.com to read our interview with her about what it's really like to start your own wedding planning company. Caitlin, thank you so much for being here. That was so great. I had so much fun. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Reminder to everyone listening out there, if you have a question you want answered on an upcoming episode, 
You can email it to questions at lovestoriestv.com. You can DM us on Instagram at lovestoriestv or ask it in our Slack group for brides-to-be and wedding pros, which you can join by going to bit.ly slash lstvslack. And if you have feedback about one of our answers, we definitely want to hear from you. You can share your thoughts and feelings on those same channels. Don't forget to subscribe to Love Stories Radio and leave us a review on iTunes. We love when people say nice things about us. And also, it helps other wedding lovers out there, like you, discover our show. And last but not least, are you a wedding pro? Email loveclub at lovestoriestv.com to get more info about how you can join our partner program, The Love Club. We help wedding pros build their brands and connect with a pipeline of customers on lovestoriestv.com and on our marketing channels, leveraging both the real wedding videos that feature their work and original content. So that's it. We'll see you back here next week. Bye.